where the Lord says this, Now it came to pass, uh, in verse, verse 1 of chapter 1, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man, man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name, of, the name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife is Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the woman of Moab, and the, and the name of the one was Orpha, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Kilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with the daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country by the Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that we have this morning. I pray that you give us hearts that uh, desire to be more like you, and I pray that as we read this uh, passage, we will see that this is um, applicable in our own lives and that we can see in areas that we can change and be more uh, trusting in you and have more um, faithful, loving compassion on other people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you've ever read um, J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings or watched the movie perhaps, um, you could not have missed the, the faithful, loyal character Samwise Gamgee. Uh, and um, at the very end of the book, uh, probably his defining moment there, uh, his, his ultimate act of friendship with Frodo uh, came uh, when uh, Frodo was, at, was, everything was about to be lost. Frodo, uh, the ring it was too much for him. He collapsed and couldn't make it any further. And, and, and um, Sam says this. He says, come on, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. All right, so we see that just the ultimate act of friendship, loyal, faithful friendship that, that is shown there in that book. Uh, in a more uh, re- recent story or in a newspaper story I read recently, uh, there was a lady, uh, Mary Daniels, out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, her husband, Steve, was in a uh, memory care facility there. Uh, he'd been there for about a year. Uh, and because of the uh, COVID pandemic, uh, she wasn't able to visit him for about 114 days. Uh, and she, um, the only way she was able to get in and visit him was by, she, she talked to the facility, and they said, well, if you hire on as a uh, dishwasher for $9 an hour, you can get in and see your husband. And so she was able to, for two nights a week, uh, wash dishes and see her husband afterwards. So again, an example of loyal, faithful friendship, a very giving friendship in, in the life of a, of a husband and wife here. And as we look at the book of Ruth here, we see this, we'll see this uh, friendship, this faithfulness, this uh, act of, of uh, kindness, loyal kindness that we see here, uh, as well as the prominent portrayal of God's presence during situations of crisis. And as we see the adversity that comes up here, we, we notice and we'll, we'll see this fact that, that God's plan is often advanced in times of adversity, God uses adversity to bring forth his plan, and he uses the kind compassion of other people to be an encouragement, to be an encouragement. So we're going to look at a couple things here. Uh, as we look here, the family emptied here, the family that, that goes through adversity um, as, we, as we look through this. 
Um, it starts out here. Uh, the first several words uh, in, the, in the book of uh, chapter 1 says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, and they left to, he and his family left to dwell in Moab. So there's four, four little word, four words that give us the whole picture of the story. In other words, it, was, it starts out in the, in the time of the judges. All right, so the time of the judges, what do we know about the judges? Uh, several years ago, we, we uh, did a study through the book of Judges. Uh, one of the themes of the book of Judges of, was the, the repeated cyclical uh, evil and the, the, the people turned away from God and then, uh, and then God allowed things to happen to them, adversity to come upon them, um, other nations to conquer them, and then they turned back to God. And the, the phrase that Judges uses so often is, in those days there was no king in Israel, Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So we see that that's the pattern of Judges, and the, and the book of Ruth takes place during this book. All right, so I've, I've always had the tendency to, to, to think through the, the time period of the Judges as, well, it, it was a very evil time. Because you read through the stories, um, and if you're ever, ever teaching uh, junior hires, the book of Judges is a great book. It talks about uh, uh, assassins that stab corpulent kings and the, the blade disappears and the, uh, all these different gruesome Samson killing um, a thousand uh, uh, Philistines with a, with a um, bone of an ox and just all kinds of really gruesome stories in, in some ways. And it's very, it catches people's attention. So this is, this is the background, the backdrop of, the, of what we have in the book of Ruth. So you say, all right, Ruth is a very pastoral or it's a very agricultural you just it seems very idyllic in a lot of ways besides the fact there's the famine it's, it's, it just seems like there was very a very peaceful time um, and then there was people that loved God in the book of uh, Ruth uh, so it doesn't quite jive and then you think well okay there is when you have a nation that and the, on a whole does not love God that's turned away from God there are people there's a faithful remnant that do love God and we've seen this all throughout scripture we know that even in the time of Elijah uh, when there was um, when Baal worship was very prominent, that there was a faithful remnant of people, and even Elijah was unaware of the people that still loved God that had not bowed their knees to to the Baals. And there was about at least, God said there was at least seven thousand people that had not bowed their knees. Uh, so we th see all throughout Scripture that there are a faithful remnant of people that uh, that love God, even in, in a culture that emphasizes and um, is very proud of their wickedness. And so this, that's an, a very encouraging fact, even in our, in our culture today, that we think, man, things are bad, and they seem to be getting worse, and we, we seem to be more and more in a minority. And, but there are people around us that love God, and there's people around us that, that need the Lord and that can be encouraged, as we'll see in this story, uh, to, uh, to turn to God. Uh, so we see in this book here that... Um, it starts out here that uh, Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, and two sons uh, leave Bethlehem for Moab. They leave um, their, their home country of Israel uh, to, to head down to Moab. So you, Bethlehem uh, was in uh, uh, the southern part of Israel, just a few miles uh, south of um, where Jerusalem later came to be during the time of David. Uh, Bethlehem means house of bread. So you kind of get the irony here of what, it, what we see here in the passage, that they are leaving the house of bread because there's a famine, right? So you, you kind of see the, the irony here that the, the house of bread is no longer the house of bread. Um, it, 
used to be, it was a, a place that was featured a lot of wheat and barley and olives and almonds and grapes and all kinds of crops that would grow there. But because of the famine, uh, it was no longer the house of bread. Uh, and there's, there's no mention here of why, uh, the, why the famine was going on. Perhaps it was God's judgment, but the, but the, but the writer of the book of Ruth chose not to uh, go into why there was a famine. Um, and, but there was a, uh, the house of bread was no longer the house of bread. Um, and they, uh, so uh, Naomi and her family leave to go down to Moab or to go across to Moab to a place that uh, was perhaps not hit as hard by the famine or that was, had a lot better crops during this time. Moab was a historical his, um, enemy of, of Israel. So it would have been uh, perhaps a, a puzzling thing for them to go but um, uh, not uh, out of the uh, precedent of some of the, uh, of the patriarchs from before. Uh, so Elimelech and Naomi um, leave for Moab uh, and head that direction. Okay, so they have two problems when they get there. The first problem, or the first problem we have in this passage is the problem of food. Um, and the, as, as I mentioned, uh, it's not without precedent here in uh, earlier uh, scripture. Uh, you think of the patriarchs uh, that uh, several of them experienced famine. Uh, you think of Abraham, uh, soon after getting to the promised land, uh, there was a famine in the land. And again, so you think, hey, I don't think that was, that, that wasn't God punishing Abraham, just allowing a circumstance to happen, allowing adversity to happen, testing his faith. And um, uh, Abraham went down to Egypt. And uh, both Abraham and Isaac, uh, sa same thing, same situation Isaac happened, went down to Egypt during a time of famine. And both of them um, were very nervous for their lives and lied about their relationship with their, with their wives so that they would, um, uh, uh, their wives would not be taken away from them uh, during this time. So obviously that was... Uh, against uh, biblical principles or against uh, the, the worship of God. Uh, even uh, during the time of Jacob, when, um, after Joseph became ruler in Egypt, uh, uh, Jacob and his family eventually came down to Egypt during a time of famine. Uh, so this was a, a, a common occurrence. People would move. Uh, and whether or not it was the right thing to do in this, uh, the, the author does not mention. But he, just, he mentions that they, they go down to Moab. They remain there. Uh, it was... Uh, the wording there is that they uh, were sojourners. They were, it was supposed to be a temporary uh, living arrangement uh, until the, the famine passed. Uh, and it ends up being a lot, uh, a lot longer time period at this. All right, so they had a problem with food. They also had a, a problem of uh, progeny. In other words, a, pro a problem with not, not being able to have uh, children, not being able to have um, an ancestral line, not being able to have heirs for the family line. One of the things here that's mentioned is that um, the, um, where's it, in verse uh, 2, the name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his sons, Malan and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. So Ephrathites uh, likely were, were relatives of Caleb way back in, the, in, the, in Genesis, or I'm sorry, back, back in Exodus, um, or when the um, tribes came to the promised land, and uh, took a, a certain part, and Caleb and his descendants took, uh, took the area of, of Bethlehem um, uh, to, 
to um, develop that area for their for their clan, their tribe. Um, so when they, when it mentions here that uh, Naomi and her husband uh, were relatives, likely of Caleb, uh, it would have been like being relatives of the the founding fathers of of that clan. Um, and so you, as you look through this and think through that, you you see that the Kind of this fall from prosperity to poverty for this, uh, for this family is even accentuated by their family line. It would be like saying that the, a, a relative of the Rockefellers or the Vanderbilts um, are living on the street now. Uh, so you think of um, Naomi and her husband, distant relatives of uh, Caleb um, and his descendants, the clan there, uh, the founding fathers of that, uh, that era uh, settling in Bethlehem now had to leave Bethlehem uh, to, to be able to survive. Um, so they uh, had a problem with food. They also had a problem with uh, uh, being able to have heirs. Uh, so presumably they were able to uh, find food, uh, but um, soon after being there, Elimelech dies, uh, and then um, it says that Elimelech, uh, or, sorry, that her two sons uh, took wives, uh, Orpha and Ruth, it doesn't say which one married whom, uh, but it does say they got married there. And it says that they dwelt there for about 10 years. All right, so again, what, what began was a, um, a, very, a temporary circumstance to, to move to a place that had, would have more food, that they could uh, get along, they could live, that they could uh, survive on, uh, did not become quite so temporary. Uh, so away from their ancestral line, away from their, their country, away from uh, their... Serving the, 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 the tr- being around people that serve the true God um, it ended up being a lot longer period of time than they had planned on. So verse 6 says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving him bread. All right, so in, in the story, there's, there's four chapters in the book of Ruth. Uh, and this is one of uh, just a couple times that the narrator talks about God. I think there's... there's a um, couple, couple dozen mentions uh, the name God or re- references to God, but this is the only two times that the narrator brings up God. He brings up here at the, in verse 6 and then also the end of chapter 4, kind of closing up the book, beginning and ending of the book. But he mentions here uh, that, that, that the Lord visits people by giving them bread. All right? And so again, we see that God uh, brings them through this adversity. He brings his people uh, through this difficult time uh, and... Um, but allowed them to go through this tra- these uh, dis- uh, different um, difficult circumstances as part of his plan. Um, so as we uh, continue to, to read through here, we see the reaction of Naomi, um, and really over the, this period of 10 years, how things have really gone from bad to worse for their, for their family and, and her reactions to it. Um, and so she and her daughters-in-law are going with her, and it says in verse 8, Now Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return to her mother's house. Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. She kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that you may be with your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should 
if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear you sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. All right, so right there we see uh, Naomi's interpretation of the circumstances that are going on here. She's been going through adversity for 10 years. Um, soon after arriving in Moab, after they had left because of a famine, her husband dies. And then with all hope, she had, her husbands had taken wives, or I'm sorry, her sons had taken wives, uh, and there was hope of her of being able to have grandchildren through her sons, and then her two sons died. And finally, she's going to go back to Israel, and we see her response here. The hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then verse 14 says, And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. All right, and so uh, we see here in the second section, um, they are leaving Bethlehem, uh, I'm sorry, leaving Moab, going back to Bethlehem. Uh, and um, the, Ruth tries to um, can convince uh, her daughters-in-law to, to stay here, a time of weeping. So both our daughter-in-laws initially say, we want to go back with you, we want to go back and uh, live in your land. And, and Naomi says uh, that you, you, you will have a better chance of finding husbands if you, just, if you go ahead and stay here, go back to your, the house of your father and mother, and you'll be able to find husbands in the land here. Um, and again, it was a, you can just see the, the, the sadness of, of really both women here uh, as they are uh, initially both insistent on remaining with Naomi. Um, uh, Naomi says to them, may God treat you kindly. And again, this word kindly is, is the, one of the theme words across the whole book. Um, has a, an idea of, or has the uh, insinuation of having uh, faithfulness, loyalness, uh, reliability, compassion. So whenever we see this word this, this, and these actions, especially of Ruth coming up here, we, we see this demonstration of loyal compassion, kindness that is shown to other people. And this is the kindness that makes a difference throughout the whole book. Um, and then uh, we, we read in verse 14, Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, and Ruth clung to her. And this is Ruth in verse 15. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back uh, to the people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to return back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. So perhaps one of the most um, uh, famous uh, couple of verses in all the, the, these, um, in the book of Ruth, Ruth's profession of her loyalty and her kindness and her love for Naomi to, to be with her, to help her, to go back with her, to assist her in a very difficult life of being a widow, uh, in a place where, uh, and, and re returning back during a time when, when widows had, were to have a very difficult time of survival. Um, so the two sister-in-laws uh, part ways here. Uh, so here we, we kind of see the contrast, there are two different contrasts here uh, between Ruth and Orpah, and then also later on between Boaz and the other kinsman redeemer. 
Um, with, for both uh, Orpa and the Kinsman Redeemer, or the, the other Kinsman Redeemer, uh, they are both seem to be very good people. They're, they're, they perhaps are ordinary in their reactions, but Ruth and also Boaz show the extraordinary uh, sense of loyalness, kindness that really sets this book apart. And this is really what we see here is the call here to not just be ordinary Christians, not just be ordinary believers living in our culture in a very, and sometimes in a very difficult place to, to, be, to be believers, but to be extraordinary, to show loyalty, to show a kindness, to show love towards other people in a way that makes, that the way that, that reflects the character of God to other people. Um, I, when I paint in other people's houses, I'm around a lot of different people, and, and it's been a rebuke to me sometimes. I'm in the house of some, some uh, people's other cultures and, and beliefs, and some of them I, I know are not believers, and, but, but, they, but, they have that, but they demonstrate a, a care and concern for other people, and they're very kind people, and it makes me think, you know what, there's situations that I miss as a believer to show that, show that same kindness to other people. That to be an example of the love of Christ, to have a, a compassion, a kindness to other people. In this chapter, Ruth uh, indicates or sets the example of showing a, example, of showing a love, um, compassion for other people, a kindness that makes others sit up and take notice of the God we serve. Now, now, again, through looking through this, I, um, in verse 16, we see that, that Ruth pro professes really her faith in the true and living God. She's from Moab. She's from another country, a different culture that did not worship the true God. Um, and really, the, the, what led up to this is it, there's, there's several years of silence. Uh, we don't know um, exactly how the path that Ruth came to um, believe in the true God, to have faith in the true God. Obviously, God was at work in her heart. Um, but perhaps uh, Naomi or, or her husband or the, the, the sons um, during the, the last 10 years had, a, had faith in the true God that, um, that, that they saw, or especially that Ruth saw and wanted to have this, to love and worship the, the true God. Again, we don't have that. It's, nothing's indicated in the passage here. Perhaps at some time, uh, the, their testimony of their faith in the true God had made a difference in Ruth's life. So when she gets to this moment of what, what do I do? Do I go back with Naomi? Uh, do I go back to a culture where I will perhaps be despised or at least um, looked down upon? She decides to go back with Naomi, uh, decides to go back and exercise this kindness, this love, this compassion uh, to, uh, to show to her mother-in-law. Uh, so uh, during this time, she walks away from the easier road of returning back to her family and perhaps marrying one of her own countrymen. Uh, and she risked all, placing her commitment, similar to Abraham, uh, in a God she couldn't see in a land she had never visited. So we see her commitment, her faith, turning from her country, the idolatry that her country had worshipped, 
uh, and uh, converting, placing her faith in the, the true God of Israel. I think this is such a, a, a turning point in this chapter, a turning point really in the whole book of going from uh, emptiness to blessing, going from adversity to uh, a time where we are, have grown, growing, and being more like Christ. So we're going from a time of, of weeping to a time of reaping. So uh, finishing up this passage, uh, verse 18, when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Speaking to her. Now the two of them went till they came to Bethlehem. And that would have been about a seven to ten day journey. And it happened when they came to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. So again we see uh, the Naomi's reaction perhaps over the period of many years and her angerness her, had turned to bitterness and anger against God and she even responds back in, uh, when she's back in Bethlehem, the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Um, just like in verse 13 it said, the Lord has, that the, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. So it's a, it's a sad place to see where Naomi is during this time um, to, to see where... To, to see where her faith was perhaps faltering. Um, now, uh, one writer here um, mentioned here that, well, at least she, she is attributing all the, uh, the events that happened to God. And so perhaps that was um, some means of her faith of understanding that God was in control of everything. But the way she interpreted um, all the adversities was incorrect. And it is easy to think that way especially over long extended times of, of difficulty and adversity, to interpret adversity as God's hand being against us and saying God's punishing me or God's forgotten about me or God, he's, he's not listening to me anymore. Naomi had the wrong interpretation of the adversity that was going on here. Uh, she goes on to say in verse 21, I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? So again, we see what was inside Naomi is coming out. If you have a bottle of water, and you unscrew the top and you squeeze it really hard, what comes out? Water comes out. The pressure that makes that water come out. And when, we have a, when we're going through adversity in our lives, sometimes that, the pressure makes ungodliness, makes, makes um, wrong thoughts and things that we've been think, keeping inside us come out and we respond in the wrong way. And Naomi is under this pressure. She responds in the wrong way, not only to her sisters-in-law, but also to her, her uh, fellow Bethlehemites. Um, the Lord has brought me home again empty. Verse 22 says, So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. All right, so the very last phrase here, just the way the, 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 um, the book of Ruth is written is, is, is a very excellent um, literary or example of how things are written in a literary sense. Starts out in famine, and it ends at harvest time. Now they came to Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean? The house of? Bread. They came back to the house of bread at the beginning of barley harvest. All right, so we see that God's providential hand brought them back at the exact time that they needed to be back, at the time of harvest. 
Again, that didn't mean that, that life was going to be easy for them, but that God brought them back in a time, the exact time that he designed for them to be back, a time of reaping. And despite Naomi changing her name from, from meaning pleasantness to, be, to meaning bitterness, God was at work. And even when we are squeezed in the pressures of adversity, and even sometimes when we respond the wrong way, God is still at work in our lives. God is still showing his love towards us. He is still bringing us in, uh, uh, allowing things to happen that will, will take us through to the other side, and we will be able to, uh, to, to respond in the right way. We can um, see that God never did leave us. Um, uh, Romans uh, 5 uh, says this, um, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation pr produces perseverance, and the perseverance character, and the character hope. And so many times we want to go from uh, we want to go from the the tribulation, the difficulties, all the way to hope, but God want, has some time there that He wants us to be in, where He develops um, perseverance, He develops character in us, uh, so that we are more like Him. And that is the value of the time of adversity. That is the value of the difficulties, is the time that we become more like Christ. So that when, when we are squeezed, when that pressure is put on us, what comes out of us is not bitterness, it's not anger, it's not disbelief, but it is a reflection of what God has done in our life. The reflection that we are thankful for difficulty, we're thankful for adversities becomes it, because it changes us. And the, the, the fact that we know the outlook is, is one of hope, that adversity changes us, adversity makes us more like him, can truly give us hope. So as we wrap up this, this chapter, we see that Naomi as a widow and Ruth as a widow also and a foreigner, they were frail instruments in the Redeemer's hands. But we see that God chooses to use them. He, he, he overlooks the wise, the strong, the rich who glory in themselves and delights in the one who understands and knows me. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. God changed them. Uh, God was in the process of changing them uh, to, be, to be more like him. Um, earlier this summer, some of the um, Japanese uh, theme parks, uh, entertainment parks, uh, opened back up and one of the uh, regulations that they, that they had when they opened up um, after the, some of the worst effects of the pandemic was no screaming. Uh, and they decided to make a video with uh, two, of the, um, uh, two of the executives from this uh, amusement park, the Fuji Q Highland Amusement Park, made a video of themselves uh, going through um, not screaming. Uh, they, they said, you can scream in your hearts. Uh, and so they, they made that four-minute video of themselves going through a, a roller coaster silently to illustrate that they, it can be done. Um, so their, their admonition was, scream in your hearts. Don't, don't scream out loud. Uh, the reality is there, there are so many people around us that are screaming on the, out, on the inside. They are screaming within their hearts. They are going through adversity. And we have opportunities to be like Ruth, to show the love of God, uh, to show the character traits of God, that he is loving and compassionate, that he has demonstrated his, his um, kindness to us, his love towards us, and we can show that same love towards other people. 
when other people are going through difficulties, which we know everybody around us is, we know the pressures of people of our own families as well as those around us are, are very great. And we can take those opportunities to, to share our faith. So that, just like Ruth um, professing, I'm, your God will be my God, your people, my people. We can have that same effect on other people. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for uh, the gift of salvation and the fact that we can uh, share our faith with other people, that we can be an encouragement to others, uh, even in times of adversity. And I pray that you would help us to uh, have a love for you that's, uh, that will come out, that will be demonstrated even in times of pressure. In Jesus' name we pray.